Good morning, everyone. Uh, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. This is Michael Signorelli, and I'm coming to you from my backyard. You probably hear the birds chirping. Um, it's, I promise you it's not a backing track. <laughs> so anyways, I've been putting these podcasts together to give people um, an opportunity to share in my devotional time and just kind of explain out loud some of the things that I feel that God's speaking to my own heart. So you're just invited to come along on this journey with me and hopefully, you know, 15, 20, 25 minutes um, of these podcasts is something that helps you through your day and uh, just kind of supplements whatever journey you're on with God. But um, I'm reading a book by one of my favorites. It's called The Ragamuffin Gospel. It's by a guy named Brennan Manning. Many of you are probably familiar with that song, No Longer Slaves. I did a cover of it on YouTube. Uh, that you can find by typing in my name. But um, I kid you not, the lyrics from that song are lifted directly from both Scripture and a Brennan Manning sermon. Um, the Ragamuffin Gospel, Abba's Child, the, these books are like essential reads for anyone um, who considers himself a Christian and a believer. So I want to actually just read some from this book. Um, I, I can find myself rereading this book, especially if you're a ministry person or you're in some type of church leadership. You've got to go back to this book at every different level that you hit. So um, let me just start reading. I'm on page 75. Um, it says, One thing that we do know is that we don't comprehend the love of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> oh, we see a movie and resonate to what a young man and woman will endure for romantic love. We know that when the chips are down, if we love wildly enough, we fling life and caution to the winds for that the one that we love. Um, but when it comes to God's love in the broken, blood-drenched body of Jesus Christ, we get antsy and start to talk about theology, divine justice, God's wrath, and the heresy of universalism. The saved sinner is prostrate in adoration, lost in wonder and praise. He knows repentance is not what we do in order to earn forgiveness. It is what we do because we have been forgiven. And I just, oh man, I, these are the reasons why I read this book over and over and over and over again. I think it's so easy as you continue to go deeper and deeper with your relationship with Christ and with the church and with religion and with Christianity to forget um, what what true repentance uh, comes from, where the source of it, where the root of it is. And let me just read this sentence. He knows repentance is not what we do in order to, to earn forgiveness. It's what we do because we have been forgiven. You know, the definition of repentance is simple. It's not a prayer that you pray. It's actually turning 180 degrees um, facing the opposite direction of sin or something that you're doing in your life and just walking in the other direction. It's saying like, I used to be um, a, an abusive husband and now I've turned 180 degrees. I'm gentle um, and, and I'm loving and I'm consistent in that way. And that's, that's repentance. It's what you do. And, and so it's like understanding on the deepest level that repentance is what we've done because we've been forgiven, not to earn forgiveness. It's deep. So let me keep reading. It serves as an expression of gratitude rather than an effort to earn forgiveness. So repentance is an expression of gratitude rather than an effort to earn forgiveness. 
Oh, I love this. It just wrecks my heart to hear it every single time. You know, gratitude is one of the secret ingredients in your Christian walk. It, it really, um, you want to break some chains in your life, add the secret ingredient of gratitude to your life. Gratitude is being thankful even when thankfulness contradicts your reality. Gratitude is standing up and saying, I'm thankful in the midst of of a circumstance that maybe says you don't have a reason to be thankful. And as you exercise gratitude, chains will fall off. I love this because it says that gratitude is produced from forgiveness that's unearned. You know, in other words, grace. As grace has its way in your life, you will become more and more aware of how big God is, and that will produce more and more gratitude, which will break more and more chains in your life. Try being thankful today. This morning, I'm in my backyard thankful. I've been to some other countries in this world, on this planet, um, where, you know, it ain't like this, man. (laughs) I mean, I've been raised in, I was raised in the hood of uh, South Chicago and um, Northwest Indiana and you know, even being where I'm at now, I'm thankful there's an element of gratitude and wherever you can find gratitude, you'll find freedom. And so you could be sitting in all kinds of situations and you find gratitude and it releases freedom in your life. Let me keep reading. Thus the sequence of forgiveness and then repentance rather than repentance and then forgiveness is crucial for understanding the gospel of grace. I think that we have to understand that you are accepted by God. Why, why was Mr. Rogers so popular? He's one of my favorite characters of all time. You know, he actually had um, a degree in theology. I believe that that show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, was coming from a deep-seated theology. And what did he constantly say is, I like you just the way that you are. Why is that message so popular in the United States? Why is this television show, it was like he didn't have the best graphics. He didn't have the coolest um, 3D, you know, um, modeling for like, you know, these crazy conceptual characters. And, you know, he didn't have like the heavy hitter Disney formula or anything like that. Why did his formula work so well? It was simple. He understood that the thing that rocks people to their core, that the way that you speak to the deepest part of a person is to tell them that they are loved and accepted before repentance. I love you just the way that you are. And as you go through that type of sequencing, it will produce change in people's lives. Um, You know, Kurt Cobain, another one of my heroes. Why was he my hero? I mean, the guy was messed up. He had a lot of problems, right? But this whole understanding of like, this is just who I am unapologetically. I'm not trying to conform to the music industry standards. I, and, and just like, you know, even that song, Team Spirit, you know, it's like, smells like Team Spirit. He's like, you know, come as you are. You know, these kind of messages resonate with people because we are constantly told that we're not good enough, that the way that we look, um, the way that we appear has to change. You know, there's entire industries around this world that are devoted to trying to convince you that you're not good enough. And and some of it is reality. We need to change. We need to grow. We need to develop. Um, But we don't want want that to be um, the basis for love. That change is the basis for love. We want love to produce change, not change to uh, solicit love. That was good. Tweet that, somebody.
So let me keep going. But many of us don't know our God and don't understand His gospel of grace. For many, God sits up there like a Buddha, impassive, unmoving, hard as flint. Calvary cries out for more clearly than any theological textbook. And here's what it's crying. We do not know our God. We have not grasped the truth in the first letter of John. It says this, In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation of our sins. The cross reveals the depths of the Father's love for us. For greater love than this, no man has that they laid down his life for his friends. The disciple living by grace rather than law has undergone a decisive conversion. It says, a turning from mistrust to trust. That really is where the deepest conversion is going to happen in your life. You know, like you want to know, like if you ever met a real man of God, a real woman of God, it's a person who trusts God. And as you move on that from that journey of distrust to trust, that your godliness increases with every bit of trust that you have. But that trust is produced by God first loving us. He got up ahead of us and said, hey, while you were still jacked up, while you were still messed up, I know the potential for your true destiny and I'm going to die and lay everything down so that you can fulfill it and I'm going to do it before you change. And that produces trust. And I I can see now, like, God has got me on a journey of trust. Um, You know, when you see a man of God, what, what is the definition of Mike Signorelli, the man of God? It's you watching me swan dive off of the cliff into God's grace, into God's mercy, and say, I trust you with my money. I trust you with my sexuality. I trust you with my marriage. I trust you with my artistic expressions. And wherever God is number one, there has tr- been trust given to God first, and then it's produced um, that lordship. Wherever God is number one, there, there you are worshiping out of that place. So God is number one in your money, you're worshiping out of that place. You're understanding that God first gave, so now you can give in your finances. Wherever God is uh, number one is in his sexuality, you understand, well, God first gave that sexuality. It's his design. He's the one that produced it. He's the one that created it. So I'm gonna, so therefore I'm worshiping through my sexuality, which sounds weird, but maybe somebody needs to hear that. It's God's design. It's God's system. And as you put him number one in those things, you're understanding that they, they originate from him. You know, he is the he originator of those things. Um, let's keep going. The, dis, the disciple living by grace rather than law has undergone a decisive conversion, turning from mistrust to trust. The foremost characteristic of living by grace is trust in the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. Redeeming your sexuality, redeeming your money, redeeming your mind and your intellect, redeeming every element of your character. And, and so that is a, a product of grace. And then let me keep reading. To believe deeply as Jesus did that God is present and at work in human life is to understand that I am a beloved child of this Father and hence free to trust. That makes a profound difference in the way that I relate to myself and to others and makes an enormous difference in the way that I live. To trust Abba both in prayer and life is to stand in childlike openness before a mystery mystery of gracious love 
love and acceptance. The tendency in legalistic religion is to mistrust God and to mistrust others and consequently to mistrust ourselves. Allow me to become more personal for a moment. Do you really believe that the Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is gracious, that He cares about you? Do you really believe that He is always unfailingly present to you as a companion and support? Do you really believe that God is love? Or have you learned to fear this loving and gracious Father? In love, John says, there is no room for fear, but perfect love drives out fear because fear implies punishment and no one who is afraid has come to perfection in love, with this, which is 1 John 4.18. Have you learned to think of the Father as the judge, the spy, the disciplinarian, the punisher? If you think that way, you are wrong. And Brennan Manning had this revelation, and this is the revelation that I want you to receive this morning. God is love. He is a loving Father. He loves you. He had your best interests in mind before you even knew what the term best interest meant. And He is breathing on you right now as you listen to this. And He's provoking you to a place of intimacy. He's provoking you to a place where you can just be wrapped in His arms and feel the intimacy. You, you know, you really won't lay down your life and serve God unless love is in the equation. You really can't go all the way to fulfill your perfect destiny until you get to a place where you are surrendered to his love. It's out of that love that you'll say, I'll do anything. You know, coming up under the influence of that love is like a drunkenness in my life. I'm so bold because he was first bold for me. I'll tell anyone about Jesus because he first publicly proclaimed his love for me on the cross. And it's when you get to that place of of understanding the fullness of that love that you're going to start getting freed. And you know, you'll even be freed from other people's opinions. You'll be freed of their opinions of you. Um, you, It won't really matter so much because you'll know who your real love is. You know, it's funny because it's like, you know, when you're on the dating scene and you're swiping on Tinder and you're doing whatever crap you're doing, um, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll like do your hair a certain way or whatever. But once you find uh, that person, isn't it funny how like once you're in the throes of like a, a new relationship and all that romance and all that intimacy, everyone else kind of like fades to the background and their opinion doesn't matter so much and you don't feel the necessity to put on the show or to, you know, do your hair just right or your makeup just right. You know, you come to a place where other people's opinions don't matter so much. And I would, I, I guess, I guess I would submit to you right now that a lot of your people pleasing in your life is a result of a lack of a love relationship with God. Because when you get so enraptured with his love, suddenly you won't you won't be intimidated by people the way that you're intimidated by them because you'll understand who the real love relationship in your life is. And then out of that, you'll be able to love them more completely in, in a way that you haven't before. So this morning, as I'm, I'm chilling in my backyard and the birds are chirping, I I want you to know that God loves you in a way that far surpasses your ability to ever understand it. It draws you in deeper, deeper to the mystery that you are a son or, or a daughter of God, that you were created for such a time as this. You, you couldn't have been born in any other year, on any other day. There's a, a sequence to your life there, there's a pattern that God is trying to, to break old cycles to reveal the new so that you can just be more effective for Him. So I want to pray for you and just release the love of uh, Abba on you, which is a, another way of saying Papa. You know, that was God's name 
for um, that was that was Jesus name for God was Papa Abba so I want to release Abba's love on you right now so let me just pray for you Heavenly Father I thank you right now for everyone listening that you are releasing Abba's love your love God the love of a Papa not just a father or somebody um, who made a baby but somebody who says I am intimately involved in your life I am your father I love you I first loved you before you loved me. Uh, And I thank you, Lord, that you're releasing that revelation over their mind and their heart, that you're breaking that spirit of people-pleasing off of them right now, that, Lord God, you're closing the door on anything that doesn't look like a relationship with you, and you're opening the door right now, and you're saying, come on in. It's time to have dinner together. It's time to sit at the table. It's time to have intimate relationship. And, Lord, I just thank you that this is the beginning for those listening and not the end encourage their hearts Father they're not dead they're not done encourage their hearts for those who have been trapped in religion and the bondage of religion I pray right now that you would just break those chains with intimacy right now and I thank you Father for doing it in Jesus name Amen All right, guys I'll see you next time Um, as always make sure that you subscribe here on iTunes or if you're listening via SoundCloud go ahead repost this or put a comment where uh, you thought it was cool And uh, God spoke to you something, and I will talk to you real soon. Love you guys.